What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Blockbuster Mentality. I'm your host, Ben. This is the show where celebrities break down their favorite films. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing well. Before we get started, if you could please leave us a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Helps us out a lot. Literally takes you 30 seconds. You're on your phone anyways. Just do it. Just do it. Review on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at Blockbuster Mentality. Twitter at BlockbusterCast. BlockbusterMentality.com is also a place you can visit. Uh, Yeah, do all those things. We'd appreciate it. Uh, Today is a special episode of the show uh, for multiple reasons. First of all, we have legendary actress Dee Wallace on the show um, honor for me in particular because, as many of you may know, she plays uh, Elliot's mom, Mary, on E.T., in E.T., which, if you've li- listened to the show, uh, you know that that's perhaps might be my favorite movie of all time, at least in the top three to five, um, depending on my mood. But uh, yeah, this uh, meant a lot to me to speak with her, to chat with her, um, along with uh, with Dave. Um, it was uh, yeah a, a dream come true for me to 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 be able to be in her her presence, uh, even if it was virtually. It was still so great. She was a delight, so fun to talk to, so so kind uh, with her time, so gracious, and uh, yeah, she. Uh, You'll see. You'll see. She was. She's a blast. Um, also, what makes it special is this is our first movie where we've actually broken down a movie where the uh, celebrity stars in it. Uh, we break down Cujo, which uh, D starred in in 1983, obviously based off the Stephen King novel. Uh, so yeah, she gave us some stories uh, about the production of it and everything like that. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun being able to break down a movie. Uh, uh, with uh, a film that the, the celebrity was in. So, yeah, those are uh, all the preface points I wanted to make. <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, uh, without further ado, here is our conversation with the legendary D. Wallace. Hey, guys, how are you? <laughs> Terrific. How you doing? Oh, it's been a day, but I'm I'm glad I've got a little glass of wine in front of me, and I'm here with you. And hey, same here. That's hey, how we do. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Look at that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Love it. What 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 you got going on today? Just well, I did a lot of private sessions, two podcasts, picked up my car from the dealer. Uh, you know. What'd you get? Well, I picked I picked my Honda Accord up from the getting it serviced. Oh. Ah, so it, n- nothing new. You just were picking it up. That <laughs> nothing new, we, baby. We, we, nothing yeah. New. But in in February, I'll get something new that's exactly the same. <laughs> hey, hey, it's best to keep things. You know, just keep things on the same path you know um <laughs> what uh now i mean obviously you don't have to show yourself i just want to were you going to be on camera or no well are you going to air it on camera no I, I don't have to it's just e- easier to have a conversation if we can see it if not no you big can deal see me, but i don't want you to air it because no i'm not made up or anything <laughs> don't okay. don't it just makes for an easier conversation like I said, it's been a day oh, <laughs> no worries <laughs> oh, I love you. Love you for that. 
<laughs> you look cozy with your yeah. eat, eat, pray, something. Yeah, it's yeah. My <laughs> eat, pray, hashtag FML. That's oh. my daughter's. <laughs> it's my daughter's best-selling book. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Well, uh, uh, hopefully we can, you can uh, decompress a little with us. Have a gl- I'm, I'm glad you have a glass of wine as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we can uh, talk, you know, just casually talk, talk about what you got going on. Talk I about, will talk about yeah. whatever fucking you want to talk about. <laughs> How's that? I love it. it. I, oh man, this is this is a dream come true for me that uh, Elliot's mom from ET just Elliot's uh, mom saying fuck yeah, yeah. that's everybody's dream. <laughs> oh man, I love it, love it, love it. Now, so you you uh, I mean you've been you've been in the biz since seventies, uh, right? Or late seventies? Probably since you were born. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or or later. Um, yeah, I uh, I went to New York at, from Kansas uh, at the end of the seventies. Yeah, and then it just. Oh, I'm going on forty five years, babe. Man, and uh, I, I'm still working. I'm uh, I'm a huge ET guy, so this is quite the treat for me. So I'm I'm mainly just going to be asking about that. Um, <laughs> what kind of curious? Is that the film we're breaking down. I thought we were breaking down. No, Cujo. no, no. We're we're going to be breaking down Cujo. That's for yeah. sure. But uh, I just you know I, I have questions about ET. I know, you know, you're we're... a geek. Okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> you, you you've never talked about ET ever. I mean, it's, God yeah, knows. yeah. <laughs> I could just wind me up. And turn me on. And... <laughs> so, yeah, this is the same answer I gave in uh, 1984. <laughs> yeah. probably pretty much, but it depends on your questions. You know? Well, I mean, so, so I mean, obviously, we're working with Spielberg. You know, obviously, in 1982. Now, he he's coming off of Jaws and you know, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and actually, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, I mean, at that point, was it like, okay, he's he's the guy in Hollywood to to work? with for <laughs> to work with i should say um he certainly was one of them yeah 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 it was very exciting when we got the call yeah i bet <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah because especially yeah coming off those films and then yeah they're just the the et i mean yeah that's in in my right top now, five i so. had auditioned for used cars oh okay and uh gosh darn it i didn't get that one but uh, he uh he held me for uh, E.T., and when it came around, they just uh, called and offered it to me. Kind of a Hollywood story, you know? Yeah, man. And so then, how, does a girl, how does a girl from Kansas get to New York City? I'm assuming not just by plane, but uh, where, 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 where were you? Where were you how, did it, how were you, like, driven to, to make that journey? Because it's, it's quite a risk, it's a personal risk. Well, and, you know, because I'm naive. And I, I'm a big believer in naivete. Uh, when you're naive, you don't have a lot of fear. You have a lot of trust. And I had taught a year of high school to make my mother feel good so she would know I would have something to fall back on. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I said, if I don't go now, I'm never going to freaking get out of here. Yeah. So um, we got in the library at our high school, we got the New York Times. And there was an article that Hal Prince had was looking for an unknown for a little night music. So I took this incredibly cheesy picture. Let me show you. It was like, yeah, <laughs> on my bed. And wrote this even cheesier letter. And three weeks later, his assistant called and said, uh, Mr. Prince got your letter and he'd like to fly you to New York to audition. Well, man. And so then now the- here, this, this is the best part. This is how naive I was, okay? <laughs> I wrote back and I said, well, when does he need me there? And she gave me the date and I said, Oh, my God, that's the day I've already got a plane ticket to come in. You know, they would have flown me first class. And Yeah. And oh. I said, so he doesn't have to buy me a ticket. I'll, I, I get there by one o'clock. And she said, oh, well, we don't uh, auditions don't start till five. 
So I got there. I took everything I had that belonged to me, put it in a cab, gave him the address and said, could you take this to this address, please? Because I have to go to Rockefeller Center and audition for Hal Prince. And they all got there. Yeah. I want you to know they got there. <laughs> and I got down to the last five girls after the singing or after the dancing and the acting. And then they said, well, Mr. Prince wants to hear everybody sing now. And I said, oh, I, I didn't know you had to sing. <laughs> His assistant looked at me and she said, well, dear, it is a musical. <laughs> so my first day in New York, I sang Happy Birthday for Hal Prince. The musical director says to me, what key, honey? And I went, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, but by the time I left, I knew the best singing teachers. Of course, I knew I wanted to study with Uta Hagen when I went. Um, but uh, I met a lot of great gypsies uh, who gave me a lot of great information. And I thought, not bad for my first day in New York, you know? Yeah, seriously. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously we're we're audio only. So people listening, uh, uh, the pose she did was kind of thumb in mouth uh, to the side. Uh, uh, he's really uh, uh, <laughs> think of a real cheap Marilyn Monroe shot. Exactly. Well, it works. One of the photographers from my high school newspaper took. By the way, <laughs> did you always have that the acting bug? Like when did when did that, that interest start? Like your oh, I think when I was born. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, I know. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, my mom was a beautiful actress uh, in local theater in Kansas City. And she also directed and produced all the religious plays at church and mm. also gave what we now call monologues. Back then, they called them readings. Oh, OK. Uh, half hour readings at Christmas and Easter and people from four states around Kansas would come to watch my mom perform. Wow. And I remember there, uh, I was sitting there and I was about eight years old. And I looked around and all these adults were crying. Man. And I went, oh, I want to do what my mom does. <laughs> yeah. I want to move people like this. But I think I'd always known that. Yeah. They started me modeling when I was like three or four. And uh, okay, yeah, I heard uh, in your um, uh, TED talk I listened to today. Uh, you know, you said something about you were looked like Shirley Temple, and you kind of sung like yeah. Shirley Temple, and <laughs> that was, yeah, the the. I you did. Know. I was a little toehead. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and could you know dance and had a presence. I presented a big Walt Disney picture to somebody when I was little. And, um, you know, I, I, I actually, one of the biggest reasons I did it was I was helping to pay the bills for my family. Yeah. Because we were pretty poor. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do to you know make ends meet, and then you know if you have a talent for that and an ambition, you know, might as well shoot for the stars. You know, I mean, that seems to be a familiar story. In fact, the the child performer kind of carries the parents along. You know, in a, in a time uh, I've, I've seen, I feel like I've heard that story about child actors or or, or musicians. Yeah, um, quite often. I don't, I don't think my parents pimped me out at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I I loved it and they knew I loved it and uh you know they um they wanted me to leave school and go model and do something and I went oh mom I I don't want to leave school. Yeah. And that was the end of the discussion. She never pushed it. She she said, you know, she. they always said, well, Didi, if, if it makes you happy, we'll do it. If it doesn't make you happy, we won't. How did yeah. you sort of, so you, so you really did start, or it wasn't, just didn't begin on that, that one trip to New York City. You were kind of doing this all along for a lot of your life. Oh, so. yeah. 
So how yeah, did yeah. you sort of discover who you were internally, you know, with all this other craziness going on as you were growing up and then making that big move? How did you kind of find a way or did you find a way to center yourself? How long did that take? Did you discover it and try to hold on to it? You know, I think I was born to be that in my family. Yeah, I, I really do. I think I was born to be the balance and the light. My dad used to call me his bright light. Um, we'd go out to dinner and people would come over and say, could, could we give your little girl a quarter to play the jukebox? She has just such a, a bright light. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. And I, I think because my, my dad became a very severe alcoholic, uh, ended up committing suicide when I was a senior in high school. And, but I never lost my life. Yeah. And now of course I've got this entire healing practice that I, I serve clients all over the world. I'm a channel and I channeled when I was a little girl, but of course nobody called it that. Yeah. They just call it intuition. And it, it's not very far removed to tell you the truth. Yeah. Now, Intuition and channeling. And then when, when did, you know, the sort of the self-help and the life coaching type of things, you know, that you kind of speak about, um, you know, when did that you know, begin? My husband, Christopher Stone, got me involved in studying a philosophy called conceptology. And that reminded me of everything that I used to do when I was younger. And we got in very involved in that. And when he died, <clears throat> suddenly at 50, I dropped to my knees and I looked up to God and I said, I don't want to be pissed off and I don't want to be a victim. I want a way we can heal ourselves. And like that, I got my first message. And I had started an acting school. And after that, I would go in. And as soon as people would start doing a scene, I would start getting messages about where their blocks were. And... So I started taking this into my uh, acting studio. Let me tell you, I had six people every class that I allowed to audit. And after every class, three of them would go, oh, my God, I have to study with you. I have to. I'll do anything. (laughs) And the other three would go, hey, thanks. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was freaky. What came out? It was freaky and it was right on. (laughs) And um, and then kids in my class started having their parents work with me and their families and then their friends. And here I am, you know, years later uh, and I I do private sessions all over the world every day. I did five today. Excellent. That's that's great. Yeah, because I mean, you didn't, you know, take it as, you know, woe is me, all these tragedies happening around you didn't take it as woe is me. You just kept going. And how can I help message to everybody is we've all got our crappy stories. All of us. We've all had shit happen to us. All of us. Yep. But it's what you do with that that decides the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, You know, the Dalai Lama says it really great. He said, it's not the trauma that happens to you. It's your reaction and holding on to it mm-hmm. that yeah. is damaging. Letting go is tough. Yeah. Or yeah. it's easy. <laughs> or you can learn how to yeah, make it easy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's true because, too. Yeah. You know, everything's energy and energy has to be directed. Yeah. So every time you say it's tough, you're directing yourself to hit walls. You know what? That's a great point. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I'll admit, I, I lean on that. I will say, oh, that's tough. Or, you know, you sort of excuse it. And you're right. As soon as you say it, you're sort of already building. Owning it. You're yeah. owning it. Yeah. That's brilliant. 
Yeah. All right. So when I do we uh, when, when can we start our session, D? <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, we haven't started yet. No, no, no. no, no, no. I, 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 I'm serious, guys. I have to be off by five of seven. No, he was he was saying when do you when is when can we start our class with you? Yeah. Is what oh. he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've we've now, been going. <laughs> my my new book that is a primer for all of this is called Born. Birthing a New You, and it's uh, going to be available for pre-order November 1st. Excellent. Wonderful. And then uh, before we get into Cujo real quick, I know you got a couple movies uh, that uh, uh, are out or coming out. You have 13 yeah, fans. Yeah, I've been busy. 13 yeah. Fanboy yeah, comes thir- out really soon, in about a week. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's an homage to all the Friday the... 13th movies it's a brilliant idea i can't believe somebody didn't come up with it before where all of the actresses in it are actually playing themselves being stalked (laughs) by a real stalker Uh, yeah it's a great it's a great idea i had a great time working on it the nest is already out okay um i have a Hallmark Christmas film in November, which is just beautiful, called, called Every Time a Bell Rings. Excellent. And uh, I'm in the new Jeepers Creepers coming out, and I just finished a sci-fi film called uh, Homestead, which is really awesome. Excellent. Ooh. Can't wait to check that out. That's for sure. And then, so I mean, is your so you still have that uh, passion for acting, or is it more with the self help stuff? The like, or is it just kind of? I'm passionate about both of them. I'm passionate about life. I'm passionate about my dog uh, and living, and my daughter's success. Eat, pray, hashtag FML. It's a bestseller, and so is her follow up book. Uh, I just. You know, guys, I get up every day and I say, what can I create? Yeah. Because as long as I'm creating or teaching or helping, I'm happy. Or you're, you know, or... if I'm sitting watching TV, I, I like want to commit Harry Carey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you're, uh, you know, uh, picking up your car at the, at the dealership, you yeah, know, you whatever, go. whatever you're doing, you know, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, uh, with, that being said, um, we usually, you know, we break down a film with a celebrity to get their perspective on it. This is a very uh, intriguing one for us and a treat for us because yeah. this is the first time we've uh, broken down a film that the person has actually starred in. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, yeah, treat. Uh, it's a treat. So, <laughs> it's needless <Good>. to say, <laughs> Cujo from uh, 1983 obviously based on the Stephen King novel. Uh, now this, you know, obviously 1983 E.T. came out in 1982. How how far apart was the filming for that? Like, was that, uh, I don't know, was it? Months. Months, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they turned it around pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously it's, uh, you know, uh, it says right here, uh, mother and son who are trapped inside their car while protecting themselves from a rabid St. Bernard, which, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it seems, you know, so simple, but there's so much packed in this too. Yeah. Well, Stephen King. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, if I never see another Pinto again, it'll be way too soon. <laughs> uh, I thank God every morning that I got Danny Pintaro for uh, uh, that kid. I mean, it was like working with another adult. That kid was so good. Yeah, I was blown away by his performance. He was yeah. he was amazing. Yeah. Well, and it's not like you had to pull it out of him. He it was just natural for him. Yeah. Um, you it, know the the whole uh, scene where he has the seizure. I was trying to be very motherly, and I said, "Well, is that going to scare you, Danny? Is that?" frightening he said oh no that happened to me when i was young you want to see <laughs> and he goes right into it right I'm, like, well, I'm not gonna have to worry about this kid you know? <laughs> yeah he's gonna be teaching me you know <laughs> as opposed to drew 
on the set of ET when I went to pick her up and I said, now Drew, we're gonna go do the scene where ET's dying. So, you know, I want you to know he's not really dying. He's just acting like we are. I know, Dee, do you think I'm stupid? She says. <laughs> so I pick her up and I walk her to the soundstage. She takes one look at E.T. and goes, Oh, Dee, he's dying. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> roll it, roll it, roll it. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got to get yeah, that raw emotion. At that age, you know, a lot of kids can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. They well, go in and out of it like it's the same world. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like for, for actors, but I mean, that's just art in general, you know, it's, it's, it good art, I think puts you in, you know, whatever they're trying to convey, puts Absolutely. you in that emotion, puts you in, you know, puts you in that car with, you know, you and, 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 uh, Danny, um, you know, it's, that's well, what I hope so, or I didn't do my job. Oh, it, did. it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for the, yeah, the, the two of you in that car was, was just great stuff. Two actors doing a great job. Yeah. I like how sort of dirtied up you were, D. You got dirt and sweat all over your face. You're, yeah, you're another pretty with... part for D. Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, I like about it, too, you know, for an early 80s film, you know, it seems like, you know, usually, you know, back then it would be like, you know, the, the husband's having the affair. But in this, it's the it's the wife that's having the affair. And, yeah. you know, and then she's the one that has to go through all this. And I, I that, you know, obviously, you know, it's, you know, from Stephen King and everything. But that, I mean, to me, yeah, it was definitely intriguing brings a interesting yeah. twist to the well, to the story and, you know dan blatt uh produced the howling which i was in and when he sent me this i went dan you know i don't do nudity you know that he said i know i know d uh, you know and we want to hire chris for your lover my my husband oh who we were we were engaged uh during the howling, but they didn't know that. They oh. called me and said, you know, we've got a great cast, but, um, you know, we can't find your husband. And I said, well, what are you looking for? Well, somebody really, really virile and sexy, but that has this really sensitive side. And I, I'm going, holy shit. That's Christopher. Yeah. But at the same moment, I went, I don't dare say I'm living with him and engaged in him, but they'll never freaking hire him then. So I said, you know, Dan, there's this guy I did chips with, Christopher Smith or Stone and some kind of S word. And he might be right. So they tracked him down. He went in and auditioned and got it. And the next day, Dan calls and I answer the phone and he goes, oh, D, I, I must have called the wrong number. You know that guy that you suggested? Well, we really liked him and hired him. And I said, no, you called the right number, Dan. And there was this long pause. And then I hear, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, so man. when he called me. He knew me pretty well yeah. you know, by that time. And he called me for Cujo. And that was, of course, after E.T. had come out. Well, I didn't, I couldn't imagine any lead actress not wanting to do Cujo. It was a, such a tour de force role, yeah. you know. But I said to him, Dan, you know I don't do nudity. He said, I know that, D. I know that. We want to hire Chris as your lover and i said okay but i still don't do nudity right yeah. <laughs> that doesn't so change it you know they, they put me in this hot pink dress with this full skirt and i'm sitting on top of him and the night before he goes don't worry honey i'll be there for you <laughs> you know yeah this will be, be easy for us <laughs> So we get there, and I'm telling you, it's like your mother's sitting on the bottom of your bed while you're having sex with you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, that's... and so we get into the scene, and I look down at him, and I went, 
and where are you? And he goes, I got nothing, honey. I got nothing. I'm so worried about how they're filming you. And if this is, you know, I'm so right. worried about, I got nothing to give you. You're just going to have to act. <laughs> A stack of potatoes, right? Oh, my God. It was uh, so, we laughed about that for years. I, well, yeah, I, was, I always wondered about that. It's like, how, you know, can you really, <laughs> really. Be uh, so awkward, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's so awkward. And, yeah. you know, we said. How do we do this? We can't do it like we really do it. They never believe it. They have a pretty hot relationship in bed, right? Um, so, yeah, the whole thing was was extremely awkward. It's I, I a hope lot you... easier, believe it or not, to do a love scene with somebody you don't know. Really? Okay, yeah. that's that's good to know, or that's interesting At to know. At least for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, because you, you could get into how, yeah, I, I, I could see that. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, as professional as possible, right? Yeah. Well, I have to plead uh, ignorance and plead um, uh, a confession. Yeah, we're not believing uh, any of it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> I have a uh, confession. I, you know, I, I like to say I do good research for the show. Our fans will say otherwise, but I, I just put together that that was your <laughs> your husband, uh, Christopher Stone. That I I don't know why oh, I just wow. put that together. Yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah. that Some is that just said. yeah yeah they are Dave. I know, but I I'm an honest guy. What can I say? <laughs> um, and then how, how long after were you guys married? Well, we were married when we did Cujo. Oh, by the time you had yeah. started filming? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that is crazy. So, hey, you, you, I'm, I'm glad when I love when I learn something on the and show. I, so. <laughs> let me tell you, Dan Blatt was really happy to have Christopher on both sets because neither one of those roles, the Howling or Cujo, was an easy role. And you really had to go into La La Land. Yeah, you know, right. A lot of it, and uh, there were a few times when Dan would depend on Chris to bring me back. Yeah, I now well, I know how to bring myself back, but back then I would just, uh, you know, Lewis Teague said, "All I, the only way I can describe what D did in Cujo was she channeled it." Yeah, <laughs> she became. Donna. Well, and I think that's true. And well, and I love how uh, you know, the when um Chris's character first shows up at the house and Donna, you could you could tell something's up. And yeah. I, I love that little subtleness Very of subtle. you know, her kind of cooking and being like, hey, hi, you know, just quick and short and yeah. you know, you gotta, you know, yeah, it's 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 so great, you know, and it's uh, again, I, lo- I just love that that subtlety. Again, it's it's weird for us to be talking to the person who's in the movie about the movie, but it's it's awesome at the same time. So, uh, <laughs> ask me anything. What? Uh, so, I mean, how hot was it? Was it really that hot in the car? No, it's cold. Okay, that's probably <laughs> it better. Was cold. We shot in Northern California in November and December. And I looked over, we were getting ready to do scene, and Danny's teeth were chattering. Oh, man. And I, <laughs> I called Louis Teague, our awesome director. I would never have gotten through this without Louis. And I said, Louis, is there any way you can put a heater in the front of the car? Because we're freezing in here. Right. First of all, we had no clothes on. And second of all, they would come in and spray us down Yeah. right before. So they actually cut a hole in the hood and put a heater in there for us. Oh, there you go. Oh, good. (laughs) Half the time it was raining and the crew was standing out under umbrellas. I mean, it was was an ordeal shooting this film. Is that the worst? Was that the worst? What's the worst? What's the most uncomfortable you've ever been on a set? Was that it? Was there anything worse than that? Uh, no. <laughs> That's the I one. I gotta say no. <laughs> Man. Cujo was the hardest film emotionally and physically that I've ever had to do in my I, life. 
I bet because I mean, well, first of all, I mean, you got so many scenes where you just have this thing coming at you and you're screaming and screaming. That's got to take a toll, like on on someone, not only you know physically but emotionally and everything like that. I mean, that had to. Well, and you got to understand, you're working with a six year old kid and a dog. Right. So <laughs> when everything works with them, they're going to print it, whether you're at your top or not. Yeah. So. Let's say we shot a scene 12 times. I had to be, you know, at that height every single time emotionally. And they treated me for exhaustion for three weeks after the film. Totally blew out my adrenals. I'm still on adrenal. Wow. Man, that's insane. Uh, So so overall, I mean, are you... Are you glad you had the experience? Is it something you you don't like? Oh, it's like? my favorite film. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you picked it to talk about, so <laughs> it's, you know. Well, there's I, just so damn many stories, you know, yeah. that are interesting about Cujo. It's very, comp- it's a pretty, I mean, the story itself is, I guess you would say straightforward, but there's a lot of complexity in there. It's very adult, all the things that are going on in the in, in the minds of, of your character, D, and of course, you know, having the affair and then a husband who's struggling with work. There's actually quite a bit in here. There's a lot of, yeah, it's, it's very I, developed. You know, I never looked at it ever. I don't to this day look at it as a horror film. Mm-hmm. I look yeah. at it as a suspense thriller. Yeah, um, definitely. But for me, what drove me in this whole film was a mother's love for her kid and what she would do at any cost to save her kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that I mean, comes through 100%. That strength comes right through you. the screen, D. It is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, you're essentially in there for, you know, three three days or so, starving, hot, you know, as as they say, as the, the film portrays anyways. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that scene where he says, I want my daddy, I want my daddy, and I take him around. I want to get you, your mother! Yes. So Dan comes to me the next day, and he says, so, D, we need you to look at the dailies from yesterday. We're afraid that people are going to look at you and not like you. Interesting. Yeah. So... I went and looked at the dailies and I looked at Dan and I said, Dan, if you take this scene out, you're crazy. There's not a parent in the world that has not felt that moment. Right. Whether they acted on it or not, Mm -hmm. they know that moment. And do you know that is the scene that all the critics talked about? Right. Uh, well, so I can, I, yeah, exactly, yeah. Dave. Yeah. It's, but it's... God love him. He listened to me. <laughs> I'm sure he listened to a lot of other people, too. But... How, how many times did you have to say, um, fuck you, dog? <laughs> Not very many. Okay, good. Let me tell you, I, I had that feeling down. I didn't have to call on that. But the dogs, <laughs> I have to tell you, there were 13 with the dogs that we had dog suits for and the stunt guy and everything. But the real dogs did almost every shot in the movie. Yeah. And um, trained within an inch of their lives uh, by Carl Miller. He even slept in the barn with them. (laughs) Really? And uh, how many dogs did you say? What? How many dogs? 13. 13. Wow. And you felt safe always? Always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I would go into La La Land, that one scene where they put the dog on top of me, Mm -hmm. um, they they drugged him. A vet was on the set at all times. And they drugged him and put the dog on top of me. But they didn't put him out all the way, so uh-huh. you can hear him going. Oh. <laughs> oh man! And I, I was so far gone getting ready to do the scene, and I looked at Lewis. And I said, "Lewis, he's 
he's out, right? He's really out. It, yeah, 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 D, you're safe. You're fine. And then he says to me, can you lift him up and down like you're fighting him? So I'm bench pressing this 150-pound dog. Yeah, it's a monster. It's dead weight on top of me going, uh, right? Uh, it was, I kind of was a little scared in that moment. But yeah. for most of the time, you know, the dogs were so well-trained. And so let me tell you, for the animal lovers out there, uh, the dogs were better taken care of than I was. Great. Really? Wow. Oh, well, that's sure. not that's great, but it's good to know the doggies were okay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because we Man. know the uh, the characters in this movie uh, were very <laughs> neglectful of their animal. Um, you know, you just kind of look at your dog's nose and then maybe, you know, notice something's wrong. But no, we're too busy in our own lives. We can't be bothered. We just let the dog roam. And uh, <laughs> I guess the, and then yeah. they ended up paying the price for it themselves. Crazy. So how, how was the onset relationship with the director, Lewis? Is it Teague? Oh, Teague? God. Lewis and I are still good friends. Okay, yeah. Uh, he babied me yeah <laughs> he babied me through that movie because he knew how much it was taking out of me and um he was the kind of director that let you knew exactly what they needed and then we were given the freedom to go where we needed to go because you just had to when you're right working with all those unknowns you know yeah. so it was a great mixture of a really great script and the freedom to uh bring in whatever happened to us in the moment the scene where i'm supposed to break the back window of the car not, I wasn't supposed to be able to break it. Oh, really? <laughs> they said, just hit it. Really, we're shooting it in slow motion. Interesting. Like, you can't break it, D. Yeah. So, of course, we had rehearsed what we were going to do through the whole thing, so we didn't get boxed in. So, on the third hit, I broke it, and I didn't hear cut, and I went, you know, one side of my head is going, get the kid, get the kid. You've got to get the kid. You've got to get him in the house. And the other side is going, shit, you broke the glass. You can't drag him over the glass. Get right. the kid, get the kid. Don't drag him over the... You know, it was crazy. I was caught between two worlds. And I'm sure. if you watch it, I do this stupid waddle out <laughs> the car so he doesn't... Uh, have to get dragged over the glass right. yeah, yeah and i still don't hear cuts so i take him and run all the way up to the house and as soon as i get to the door they they yell, yell cut i truthfully to this day lewis says different but i don't believe it <laughs> i think they were so in shock that everybody went Holy shit, she broke the glass. <laughs> you know? Well, that, that's funny because I, I could have swore, like, when you did that and, you know, it's slow motion, I could have swore, like, you look like you're, like, sh surprised that you broke it, too. I was. Even in the final, yeah, I know, that's the thing. Even in the final cut, you can see and that. So like it's <laughs> everybody else, let me tell you. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, that is, yeah, that's insane. But, uh, and, yeah. Uh, the big attack scene in the car. Yeah. You know? Uh, I had talked Dan into letting me do that because I did most of my stunts. Yeah. The morning of, he said, you know, D, I don't want you to do the scene with the dog. You're going to do it with the stunt guy. The stunt woman's going to do it with the real dog because if anything happens, you're the money, the show goes down, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I was not happy. Yeah. So... I do the big scene with the attack with uh, Gary Morgan, our wonderful stunt guy. And then she gets in and does it with the dog. Well, the way they did that, the dogs were all trained to go after toys. 
That's okay. how they got them to do everything. So she had his toy around her neck. Mm-hmm. When she leaned forward, that was the dog's cue to go toward her. As soon as she leaned back, the dog pulled back. That's how well they were trained. Excellent. So they got the whole scene, and Lewis yells, cut. And she goes, yes, <laughs> and came forward before anybody had a hand on the dog. The dog leapt forward and took the end of her nose off. Oh, no. <laughs> now, not the dog's fault. Right. Not the dog's fault. Right. And they picked it up and they sewed it on and she looks beautiful and fabulous <laughs> and incredible. You know, they they just picked it up, sewed it back right. on, no big deal. <laughs> but that that's Hollywood, baby. She came over to me later and, and see that's why we didn't want you to do it. Yeah. Well, you could have you could have you could have lost a nose, D. You could have yeah, lost a nose. Their film would have gone down. <laughs> I like how you just say oh, they lost they put it back on. Everything was fine, <laughs> you know. No big deal. Well, oh, if that's you great. see a picture of her today, she's absolutely gorgeous. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um so did you say I know we're wrapping up here. Uh, did you uh, did you say there were stuntmen dressed as dogs? Oh yeah, yeah. Gary Morgan was the stuntman. Was it hard well, to take you it can't that? Ask a dog to ram his head against the well, car. Well, exactly. You can only but... ask a man. Oh, yeah. Is it? Is, is it a little? No. Is it a little? Is it a little harder? Sorry. That Gary did. He also kept us incredibly entertained. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was in this state, uh, getting ready for this scene, and I hear D. And I looked over and he had his leg up pissing on the pinto, right? <laughs> uh, and he did the big attack scene in the car with me and some other really important scenes. And the, the end scene, we could not get a St. Bernard to go bust through that class in that very end scene where yeah. I'm saving Danny. Yeah. And so we tried it with a stunt guy. It looked silly we tried it with a black lab and a stunt in a dog suit that <laughs> looked silly so finally carl miller said you got one shot at getting this so we brought in two cameras and ran it in slow motion and that's how we got that incredible shot of the dog coming busting through the glass at the end of the the movie yeah. And then you blow his head off. <laughs> yeah. Well, by that time, the audience was said, kill him, kill him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the nasty stuff coming out of its eyes, foam Poor and mad. I know. Oh, they my did God, that. the foam, you guys. The foam was egg whites. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was looking well, gross. Yeah, except it was, <laughs> we had to be all ready to do the scene. And then they had to put the egg whites on at the very end. Because the dogs would lick it all off. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So oh, man. They had to they had to give the dog direction the minute they put that egg white on, we had yeah. to be rolling and ready. Otherwise the dogs would lick all the shit off. <laughs> oh man. It was it was challenging, boys. It was challenging. I'm sure. And the, is it is it harder to take them serious when there's guys dressed as dogs? Is it harder to take it serious then? Well, it's my job, you know. <laughs> exactly. You're a professional. I mean, <laughs> you know, I react to werewolves that aren't there. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. But, D, it's, uh, I could probably talk about this for two more hours, so I'm not even going to, you know, try to ask more questions about it. So, But we really appreciate you taking the time to talk Cujo with us. Such a classic film. Actually, one more question. Does Stephen King, did he visit the set at all? Oh, yeah. He came down the first day. Okay. Lovely guy. Yeah. I really loved him, and I really love his very kind comments about my performance that he has on his website, too. Thank you, Steve. Excellent. It was an amazing <laughs> performance. It was great to get all that behind-the-scenes stuff from you, Dee, and 
an absolute yeah. pleasure, right, Ben? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I, I just, again, uh, E.T. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Just have to say, you crying at the end and you uh, saying the line, uh, he hates Mexico uh, in E.T. for oh me. Oh, my God. Oh, it I breaks have so many me. stories about that. <laughs> we we'll uh, E.T. Uh, show. Yeah, we'll do an yeah, ET show someday. <laughs> All right, D. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know you had a rough day, but uh, hopefully oh, we I did. had a great day. I was doing okay. everything I loved. And what a it was just beautiful long. ending. You and me having our glass of wine together talking about a film I love. That's, that's right. Can't get better than that, guys. That's oh, right. Yeah. Movies. That's what it's all about. <laughs> all right, D. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. You bet, guys. Have a great rest of your evening. There you go, folks. Wasn't she great? Wasn't D just great? Another episode in the books. And uh, again, it was the legendary one. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, can't get over uh that uh it's still surreal to me that i was able to speak with elliot's mom she she met et et came to her home the government came into her home to perform experiments on et man and and i spoke to her about her experience with with this extra terrestrial those of you who are still with me i appreciate it Appreciate you listening to the outros, the intros, not just fast forwarding. If you made it this far, just leave us a review. So it helps us out immensely. We've been climbing those charts. Leave us a review. We'd appreciate it more than you could know. Follow us on Instagram at Blockbuster Mentality and Twitter at BlockbusterCast, and go to our website at um, BlockbusterMentality.com. Easy enough. But, all right, folks. Well, that is it for me. For D, Wallace, and Dave, I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. (laughs) 